Welcome to day 105 of the New Way. I'll read Matthew 13, 31 through 32. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And Mark's version is Mark 4, 30 through 34. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. I've grown things all my life and thought that I understood these verses to just mean the relationship between how small the mustard seed is versus how large the plant is. But doing research for this study, I learned something I had never known. Most herbs are short-rooted, germinate quickly, and produce their seed fairly quickly. Not so with mustard. When you plant mustard, you will probably decide that it is not going to grow because it takes forever to emerge from the soil. Why? Because before you ever see the plant, it sends out a network of underground roots before coming up out of the soil. By the time it pokes its head up, it already has a strong root system to support it. Now tell me, why does Jesus say that his kingdom will be like that? I believe that when we become followers of Jesus, our first assignment is to grow deeply downward into Jesus, becoming rooted and grounded in him, studying the Bible, spending time with Jesus in prayer and worship, and spending time with other followers of Jesus so that they can encourage and teach us, help us to grow and get rooted I love the Living Bible paraphrase of Colossians 2, 6 through 8. It says, And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong 
and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. When we put our roots deep into Jesus, our lives will overflow with visible attributes that others can see and enjoy. I'll read Matthew thirteen thirty-three. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Yeast is a tiny organism that multiplies very quickly, so quickly that it takes only a very tiny amount to make a large amount of flour rise. Even just a half teaspoon of yeast, if given the right conditions, would make 60 pounds of dough rise so that it is double in size. We'll talk more about yeast later, but here Jesus is emphasizing that even though his kingdom may seem tiny, it is powerful. I think that most followers of Jesus don't even realize the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that exists in their core to impact the world for good. As we let God lead us, he will accomplish great and marvelous things through us. Now this is an interesting parable because in most cases in the Bible, Yeast represents sin. So this is an unusual example that Jesus used for the yeast to represent his kingdom within us. We'll talk later about the kingdom spreading and growing quickly like wildfire. Here he says it doesn't take much yeast to spread through a lot of dough or flour. Another thought is that whether we know it or not, we, like yeast, are influencing those around us, either for good or for bad. We have a far-reaching influence. In the book, Concentric Circles of Concern, Thompson taught that our impact is like concentric circles circles within circles, like a target or a dartboard. It starts at the smallest circle, our family, then our close associates, and then extends to people who we don't even know their names, but we contact on a regular basis, like the mailman or clerks at stores, the pharmacist or nurses, etc. He estimates that an average person has about 70 people that they encounter regularly. Of course, it is constantly changing. If you looked at your life for the past week, how many people have you come into contact with? Make a list and put a plus or a minus beside each name depending on what kind of influence you think you had on them. 
Remember, there is no such thing as neutral. Ask God to help you change those negative impacts into positive ones next time. You may need to ask Him to forgive you for behavior that resulted in negative impact. In His service, Dale.